We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. Oh, it is so good to see you. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV Chris Van Vliet, and just thank you so much for being here. Because if you're listening to this right now, that means that you're one of the real ones. That means that you listen to every episode of the podcast, no matter who the guest is, no matter what we're talking about. So I just really appreciate that. And I say it all the time, but I truly mean it. Without you, there's no podcast. Without you, there's no YouTube channel or a TikTok account or an Instagram or Twitter or whatever it happens to be. Because without you, it's just me standing here talking to a microphone. So I super appreciate you being on this journey with me. And it's these types of episodes where we get to hang out one-on-one and we get to interact like this that really makes me feel like we're doing this together because we are. And we got so much great feedback from the Ask CVV episode that we did in December. So the plan is to do this every single month. So this is the January edition of Ask CVV. We had so many people asking questions on social media using that hashtag, Ask CVV. So we gathered up a handful of the best questions that you guys submitted, and the plan is to answer them as openly and as honestly as possible, because that's what we always do. I try to be as open and transparent with you as I can be. So if you got some more questions that you want answered on the February edition of Ask CVV, just use that hashtag, Ask CVV, or just shoot me a message and let me know that you want that question included. We can't get to all of them, but we're going to try to get to all of them. What we are getting to all of, though, is these reviews on Apple Podcasts. Aaron277, big shout out to you for relieving this review on Apple Podcasts. It says, Chris Van Passion. Can't beat Chris's enthusiasm and passion to learn about people, what makes them who they are, and what they do. Keep up the great work, Chris. Thank you so much. That is very kind of you, Aaron. I want to keep reading one review on every single episode. It's my way to say thanks for being with me on this. So if you are listening on an iPhone, if you have Apple Podcasts installed, and I think everybody who has an iPhone has it installed because it's one of those apps where they like force you to have it. It's one of those like mandatory apps. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a few words on there and we'll read it out on here. If if you want me to shout out a business, a podcast, a YouTube channel, I'll just slide it into your review. 
just like sneakily slide it into there and we'll read it out on the show. It's just that simple. There you go. You don't have to buy an ad. You don't have to buy an ad. You just sprinkle it in, sprinkle it into the review and we'll go from there. So thank you. We're at like 2,600 reviews on Apple Podcasts. We just hit 1,100 ratings on Spotify. So man, I've, I've said thank you a lot in the last few minutes since this episode started, but seriously, thank you. Okay, let's dive into these questions. We will start with Joe Cravallo, who is at Viper Assassin YT on Twitter. I knew we were going to get some questions about the Royal Rumble. I love this. What were your reactions to Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline and your thoughts on Cody Rhodes winning the men's Royal Rumble match? So, I mean, the, the long-term storytelling of the bloodline and Sami Zayn was so good. And we were all expecting this moment to happen. But it was just a matter of when is this moment going to happen? And the moment that Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns in the back with that chair and that pop from the crowd, I don't know the last time I heard a crowd that loud, but I think that that moment there said it all. Now, it's going to be very interesting where things go from here. Does this storyline play out until just Elimination Chamber? Does this storyline play out until WrestleMania? Because I think that would make a lot of sense. Does it play out to Sami Zayn dethroning Roman Reigns and ending his you know, historic run as WWE champion? So it'll be really, really interesting to see what they do with this, but they caught lightning in a bottle here. And Sami Zayn is the most entertaining thing in all of pro wrestling right now. And that is not a slight to any other company. I'm just saying that Sami Zayn has taken what's been put in front of him and just taken that ball and absolutely run with it. And every time he comes on the screen, you just can't look away. So very interested to see what happens here. And I, and I hope that it sets up Sammy versus Roman and not Sammy versus the Usos. Or, you know, something might happen with the Usos too. But I hope that this is Sammy versus Roman and it becomes exactly what everybody's looking for there. The second part of this question, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Cody Rhodes winning the men's Royal Rumble match? I mean, that kind of ties in to what we were just talking about here. Because if it is it going to be Sammy and Roman at WrestleMania, or is it going to be Cody and Roman at WrestleMania? And you can make a real strong case for Cody Rhodes dethroning the head of the table, dethroning Roman Reigns and becoming that champion. I mean, the story has like it's it has baby face written all over it for Cody Rhodes to do what his father, the the late great Dusty Rhodes, was not able to do and win the WWE Championship, and win it on the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania here in Los Angeles. So I think that we all went into the Royal Rumble kind of knowing who was going to win the Men's Royal Rumble and the Women's Royal Rumble. I actually put a poll out on Twitter, and I put it out on YouTube as well. And it, was, it seemed pretty unanimous that people were like, yeah, Cody Rhodes is going to win the Men's Rumble. Rhea Ripley is going to win the Women's Rumble. I just would have, I mean, Cody coming out at number 30 was cool, but Cody coming out at number 30, if he was unannounced, I think would have been a lot cooler. I think we all kind of assumed that Cody was going to be in the Royal Rumble. I don't feel like WWE needed to tell people that he was going to be in the match. That would have been a, I mean, it was already a cool moment for him to have his entrance and then obviously go on to win the match. But I think it would have been a nice surprise if he just showed up unannounced and we went, oh, Cody's back. But it was a great moment. And that was a really solid pay-per-view from top to bottom. I was 
thoroughly entertained. And Cody winning was a great moment. Also, I was a little surprised, maybe you were too, that they kicked off the show with the men's Royal Rumble match. But man, they hit the ground running. They hit the ground running hard with that. And I thought it was a, a great way to start the show. Sammy and the Bloodline with Kevin Owens there was a great way to end the show. So top to bottom, really, really enjoyed the show. So Jay, thank you so much for that question. Mikey T says, I saw you and your wife are having a baby. Congrats, by the way. Is it a boy or a girl? And when is the due date? Well, thank you. Uh, I'm so excited. I get like I get all giddy when I start talking about our little baby girl. Yeah, so she, it's a baby girl. We had a gender reveal party, I guess about two months ago. My parents flew down. They were in town for it. We had a bunch of friends and family here at our house for it. And my wife, Rachel, and I are just so excited. So we got a baby girl. We're looking at some names right now. But the due date is May 21st. And let me tell you, if you are a parent yourself, you know how fast this goes. If you're not a parent uh, or you are soon to be a parent one day, let me tell you this. I feel like Rachel just told me the other day that she was having a baby, which is obviously not true. It was, you know, several months ago. She's now six months pregnant, but it's just been like just flying by. And I'm trying to take in every moment possible right now uh, between me and Rachel and just me and Rachel and the baby and just getting ready for this and just taking this all in because it's flying by. But we're so excited. And Mikey, thank you for the question. That's very kind of you to incorporate that here. Jordan, who is at Prairie Strings One on Twitter, says, Do you ever think you'll get the chance to interview Vince McMahon before WWE gets sold? That is a great question, Jordan. And I think that if I'm going to be open and honest with all of these questions and answers here, I'm going to have to say, probably not. <laughs> I'd like to be hopeful, and I am hopeful. I'm eternally optimistic. But I would have to think that Vince McMahon is not doing any more interviews with anybody for the next rest of his life, I would think. You know, there was everything that went down with him and WWE and the, the public filings and everything that happened there. I don't think is something they would want a chance coming up in an interview. And a lot of you guys asked, like, who's your dream interview? And I've said many times that Vince McMahon is like the great white whale <laughs> that I'd like to have an interview with. And not because I want to like talk to him specifically about building WWF and it becoming WWE and, you know, becoming what we all watch now. But I'm just genuinely curious about Vince McMahon, the man. Like, what makes him tick? What does his morning routine look like? I, I, I've joked about this all the time. But like, does Vince McMahon eat pizza? If so, like, what toppings does Vince like on his pizza? I just want to know all these things because he seems kind of like the Wizard of Oz. You know, and that, that curtain, that proverbial curtain, so rarely gets pulled back on Vince's life. So... I'll keep being optimistic about it, but I, I genuinely think that there will not be any more Vince McMahon interviews. The one he did with Pat McAfee was brilliant. And it we, we saw a little bit of the, the human that Vince McMahon is, but I think that most wrestling fans just know Vince McMahon as the, you're fired 
guy and all the memes, you know, so many memes. That's the great thing about Vince McMahon. There's a meme for everything and, and a gif for everything. So I, I think that a lot of fans, you know, know that version of Vince McMahon, but they don't know like who Vince McMahon the person is. And I would love to be able to see that. And we saw, like I said, we saw a little bit of it in that Pat McAfee interview, but I'd love to see a little bit more. So I appreciate the question, but <laughs> yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. Jamie Riffick says, who are some of the nicest people that you've ever interviewed? That's, that's a tough one because I've interviewed a lot of great people. We're talking actors and athletes and directors and comedians, of course, wrestlers, entrepreneurs. And I, I generally get the feeling that when a camera's there and a microphone is in front of your face, like this one is right now for me, that people are you know a little bit more aware of their actions and a little bit more aware of the fact that, oh, this is going to be seen forever because everything lives on forever on the internet. But I'll never forget the first time that I interviewed Henry Cavill. And he did something that I've never seen before from really anybody, but especially not somebody at his level. And when you do these junket interviews, they call them, when you do these celebrity interviews, you go to a hotel with a whole bunch of other journalists and then the celebrities sit there, the actors, directors, they sit there in the room and every handful of minutes, a new journalist comes in, a new reporter comes in, and then they get to have their interview. I'd never seen this before. He would greet each person at the door of the room that he was in, and then he would walk you to your seat, and then he would wait till you sat down before he sat down. And it's like, wow. Like, And th this wasn't something that he was putting on. This is just genuinely who Henry Cavill is. And the fact that we were able to see just so much of a British gentleman that he is, that one really stood out for me. He's, he's a very kind man, but those type of manners are something that I just, you know, I certainly didn't expect, but something I've never seen before. So that's one for sure that really, really stood out for me. And of course, there's so many other interviews that I've loved. And we'll get to, actually, that's another question we've got coming up here in a little bit, but that's that's a moment that I'll never forget. Of course, John Cena has been very, very kind to me. And before I've done, I've interviewed him three, four times. But before the one I did with him, WrestleMania 35 in New York, he was just really nice. We were texting back and forth to like set up the situation. I've told this story before, but it's such a fun story that I was texting him like, I'll see you there at one o'clock. So great. We met at this private gym in Manhattan and I came up the elevator and I'm looking all around and I can't find him and he can't find me. So I text him. I said, yeah, I'm here. And he, he writes me back and says, I can't see you and I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> and I was like, wow, John Cena just hit me with the, you can't see me joke. So good. So he's, a, he's always been a fun one to interview. And I'm really hoping that we do another interview this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jonathan Bowles, my good buddy on Instagram, says, drop the workout routine. You guys might have seen that in December, I put it out there into the world, and this is, I feel very strongly about goals and putting them out into the world and keeping yourself accountable for them. But I put out into the world that I wanted to be in the best shape of my life by my 40th birthday, which is May 19th of this year. And I've been working out pretty hard. I've also been eating... Uh, just a silly amount of food right now. I'm so sick of eating chicken and rice and eggs and ground beef. I've been eating so much, so much, so much protein shakes. I've gained, I think that was six weeks ago that I started this. I've already gained like 17 pounds in the last six weeks. And the plan's to get as big as I can and then to shred down, cut down from there. So Jonathan, the workout routine has been pretty simple. It's been like your generic push-pull type of thing, right? So chest and triceps, that's your push. Back and biceps, that's your pull. Shoulders and traps, that's another day. And then legs. And right now I'm not doing any cardio because I'm just trying to gain as much weight as possible, build as much mass as I can. I'm almost at 200 pounds right now. And I haven't been 200 pounds ever in my life. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when I hit 200 and then I think maybe I could get to 210, although that'd be like, that would be me gaining 30 pounds in a few months. So we'll see. Then the goal from there is to shred down, to cut down that weight. So it's been five to six days in the gym. Although as I'm recording this right now, I ran a Spartan race yesterday and that was, man, there's so much fun, but they push you. (laughs) They push you a lot. And if you're not familiar with what a Spartan race is, it's like an obstacle course race. So you're running and then you're doing things like climbing over things, like uh, climbing over walls, climbing, climbing up cargo nets, rope climb. Uh, there's a part where we were carrying like an Atlas ball, which weighed a lot, crawling under barbed wire, dunking into like mud. So it's, it was very fun. Like a Tough mutter, if you've ever seen a Tough mutter. So I ran the Spartan race yesterday and it took a lot out of me. But I still woke up this morning at 5.30 and went to the gym. And my trainer, Rocky, has really been putting me through it. So shout out to Rocky. He's at Rocky Era on Instagram. Go give him a follow. He is a monster. He is a beast. And he has been really, really pushing me. So really excited to see uh, how the progress goes with all of this. So Jonathan, JB, thank you for that question. This one's from LET1310 on IG. And this is the question I said we'd circle back to. Who's been your favorite guest on the podcast? I've talked a lot about how much I enjoy having a conversation with The Rock. And they always say you shouldn't meet your heroes, but 
if your hero is Dwayne Johnson, you should 100% meet your hero because he is so kind and funny and nice and self-aware and he makes the moment really special for you. So you've probably heard me say something like that before. So The Rock is always going to be on that list, but I'll give you a few other ones that I was just shockingly surprised by, or not surprised, but like I knew it was going to be a good interview, but then it starts and you get going and you go, wow, this is just a great conversation. And one of those is Jay Lethal. I have such a tremendous respect for what Jay Lethal has done in Ring of Honor, now what he's doing in AEW. Like so, so entertaining. Impact Wrestling, of course. He has the greatest segment in the history of Impact Wrestling with Ric Flair. And he's so, so talented. But from the second that Zoom window opened and and we began, not even began the interview, just began talking, it was like we were best friends. It was like we were long lost best friends reconnecting after not seeing each other for years. And if you haven't listened to it or if you haven't listened to it recently, I'd encourage you to go back and just give it a listen because it's just so fun. So that was one where I knew it would be good, but then it ended and I went, man, that was it was amazing. Freddie Prince Jr. was another one. And I've been fortunate to have him on the show twice now, once over Zoom. And most recently, we did that one in person. And he's the best storyteller. He has so many great stories from growing up with people like Muhammad Ali and Chuck Norris and so many legendary characters from Hollywood. And the way he tells stories and the way he sucks you in to the story and makes you want to hear more, it's so good. And the fact that he worked for WWE on two separate occasions means he has like a really different outlook on pro wrestling and a different outlook on just the product that you see on television. So FPJ will always be up there. And I mean, it, how could you not love, I know what you did last summer. How could you not love Summer Catch, even though he joked that only eight people saw Summer Catch? Well, I was one of those eight people, Freddie Prince Jr. So good. So I would love to have Freddie on the show. I don't know. It'd be great to have him on every few weeks, maybe every few months. Would you guys get sick if I did that with him every few months? I hope not. And I'll give you one more. One more of my favorite guests on the podcast was Jim Johnston, because he doesn't do a lot of interviews at all. He's the legendary music director from WWE. And he's the guy who created The Undertaker's theme, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, the, the My Time, the one, two, is this on? That theme, Degeneration X, Mick Foley, like all the legendary themes are the brainchild of Jim Johnston. And being able to just get into his mindset and figure out his creative process for this and what does it look like behind the scenes when he's told about a new character and has to turn around an entrance theme and 12 hours or 24 hours. It was fascinating to be able to hear all about that. So that's three episodes there that if you haven't listened to them or you haven't heard them in a while, I would really, really encourage you to go listen to Jay Lethal, Freddie Prince Jr. and Jim Johnston because they were some of my favorite, favorite interviews and just great people. And I'd love to, another Jay Lethal interview. Feels like it'd be really good right about now. Then we have Samantha Kay on Facebook. I know you interview a lot of actors and you're also a member of the Critics' Choice Association. What is one underrated movie that everyone needs to see? Oh, 
how much time do you have here? I, I will always talk about Back to the Future because that's my favorite movie of all time. And if you haven't seen that, and I get that there's a whole generation of people who haven't seen that movie, but that movie is pure magic. Back to the Future is pure magic from the soundtrack to the story to the comedic elements of that. And I've mentioned this many times before, but that movie reminds us that moments in life matter, that moments are important, and that something in your life that you feel like is supposed to go one way and ends up going another may actually be leading you to something better down the road. And Back to the Future talks about that all the time. But I don't think that's really a good answer to this question because it's not an underrated movie at all. Back to the Future is perfectly rated. It is not underrated. But I'll give you one that I think is underrated, and it's The Prestige. Christopher Nolan is, in my opinion, the best director who's working right now. And there's a lot of great directors working right now, and that is not a slight at Jim Cameron or Quentin Tarantino or Steven Spielberg or David Fincher, but Christopher Nolan does something so special in his films. And The Prestige, I think, is one of Christopher Nolan's most underrated movies and just an underrated movie in general. Phenomenal performances in that by Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, well, the whole cast, really. So if you haven't seen The Prestige, I would encourage you to check out The Prestige at some point this week or this weekend. And then send me a tweet and be like, man, you were right, CVV. The Prestige. So good. So good. So that's it. I think that's it. Oh, no, we got one more here. One more. Stephen Rafferty. And I've been a guest on Stephen's podcast. So thank you so much for sending this uh, question here on Instagram. Do you have any great book recommendations? I have several book recommendations. I'll narrow it down to just a few here. I think one book that everybody should read, and it's a pretty quick, pretty easy read, is The Four Agreements. And that book talks about how if you can make these four agreements with yourself and you can live up to these every single day, week, month, and so on, then you can live a pretty great life. And these are simple things to do, but they are also simultaneously very difficult things to do. So the four agreements are be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, always do your best. Sounds really simple, right? But I feel like in life, we always find ourselves not being able to do one of those things or two of those things. So that's a constant reminder for me of those four agreements are just always there. Can you really not take anything personally? Can you really not make assumptions? Are you always doing your best? Are you being impeccable with your word? So I like to remind myself of that a lot. The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson is another great read. And it reminds us that in life, you don't have to give an F. You don't have to care about everything. But the things that you do care about, it's very important to care a lot about those things. And the book reminds us of just, it's, it's a really great reminder and a really great guide to living a healthier and more productive life, a, a mentally healthier life. So that's a book I, I've read several times and would definitely recommend that to anybody who's never checked it out. And one more is Atomic Habits. James Clear has such a good book here with Atomic Habits. And there's 
A lot of little things in this book that really ring true to me every single day. He talks about habit loops. And I'm sure even if you don't know what that means, you probably have some habit loops in your own life. It's the idea of like, when this thing happens, then this thing happens. So, you know, a really simple example might be like, when I wake up, I brush my teeth or before I go to bed, I brush my teeth. And it's the, the loop of your, the habits that you do, like the bedtime routine or the morning routine. But habit loops can also be really bad. You know, we all know people who, well, I don't smoke unless I'm drinking. And then you get into this habit loop of like, when this thing happens, then that thing happens. So the idea in Atomic Habits is like these small changes that you do every single day help you to become the type of person that you want to be. So instead of saying like, I want to lose 40 pounds, he will frame it as, I want to be the type of person who prioritizes health. So instead of just working towards a goal that happens to be three months or six months away, you're working towards a lifestyle that ends up changing the whole way that you do everything. So instead of just like running to the finish line and then, you know, sitting back on the couch and eating Cheetos again, you're developing healthy habits in that particular example that make you the type of person that would do those things. So there you go. Three books, The Four Agreements, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, and Atomic Habits. So there we go. These are all really great questions here. So thank you guys, all of you for leaving these questions on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook. And did we have one on TikTok there? I don't know. But if you're on those platforms and you're not following me, give me a quick follow. It's just at Chris Van Fleet. And if you're listening to this right now and you're still listening to this half an hour into this episode and you haven't followed the podcast yet, do us a, a solid here and just click follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now. It goes such a long way to help to continue to grow the show. Guys, Thank you so much for always being with us on these episodes. And I'm going to leave you with a quote that has been ringing true in my life for so long. How you do anything is how you do everything. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Ask CVV. We'll see you on the next one, the next episode of Ask CVV, and also the next episode with some incredible guests that we have coming up in the next month. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one for some more insight. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.